0: Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning, church. How are y'all doing? Y'all doing good, whether you're here on campus or online. I'm glad that y'all are here with us. It's, it's funny, I was talking to Justin earlier in the week of just the, the worship set and the message today. and. Just that first song of talking about how fear will not have a hold of us because we belong to Jesus, and He's our provider and our protector. And then at the end, we're just declaring that He is our God. It's amazing how things just come together. And it's ultimately because we serve the same God, and God is, is speaking to us each and every week and allowing all of us to, to hear from Him, and that's our hope and our plan for today. Uh, My name is Caleb Meeks. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here on staff at Journey, and I'm glad to be with you because today we're continuing in our summer series called Choose Wisely. And last week, Pastor Bobby kicked off this series for us and kind of created a baseline for all of us. What we're doing every week throughout the summer is we're taking a look at different passages of scripture from the book of Proverbs. Now a lot of times we we think of the book of Psalms and right after the Book of Psalms is the book of Proverbs and they're very similar, but the book of Proverbs is very important for us as believers and honestly just us as people because what it allows us to do is it allows us to see what kind of wisdom we can take from it, can attain from it, and we can apply it to our lives so that we can choose wisely. And last week, we took a look at really Proverbs chapter one, all the way through chapter seven, to create this baseline for the rest of the summer. And what we did is we defined wisdom together, and we started in Proverbs One, and that's kind of where I want to start again today, just to make sure we're all on the same page. In Proverbs chapter one, you can follow along in your Bible, or you can follow on the screens, or your U-Version app as well. But Proverbs chapter one, verses one through seven, set the tone for wisdom and this entire series. It sets this. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. And all the parents said, Amen. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. But it says to know wisdom and instruction. That is what the book of Proverbs is ultimately about and why it was written for us to know wisdom and instruction. And here's how we defined wisdom last week. And it's very important for this entire series. If we're going to choose wisely, we have to know what wisdom is. Wisdom was defined as this, knowing the right thing to do and doing it. Knowing the right thing to do and actually doing it is wisdom. Pastor Bobby mentioned this last week. He said that a lot of people know the right thing. A lot of people know the right thing, that's intelligence, whether it's come from personal life experiences, whether it's come to other people, whether it's come from book knowledge, whether it's come from the Bible, they know the right thing to do. But then he says this, however, knowing the right thing and doing it, that's wisdom. Knowing the right thing is intelligence. Knowing the right thing and actually doing it, putting into practice is wisdom. So if we want to be wise, be full of wisdom, we not only have to know what to do, we actually have to do it. And that's what the book of Proverbs is about. It's telling us, hey, here's what you need to know, and here's how you can put it into practice in your life. So today we're going to go all the way to Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30, and we're going to sit in verse 5. We're going to go through a lot of scripture today, but verse 5 of Proverbs 30 is going to be our linchpin. So let's look at today's passage. It says this, Proverbs chapter three, verse five, it says, every word of God proves true. Every word in this book right here, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So let's break this verse down to its two parts. The first part is this, every word of God proves true. Which, honestly, it's kind of a weird statement just to randomly throw out there. It's like, why is, why is he saying that? Well, let's go back to the first four verses and see why he says that. Proverbs 30, verses 1 through 4. It says this. It says, The man declares, I am weary, O God. I am weary, O God, and worn out. How many people in there have been at that point in their life? Like, God, I am worn out. I am weary. I need a break. Life is crazy. Life is heavy. There's a lot going on. I am weary and worn out. And this is why I love the Bible, because I could say this too sometimes. It says this in verse 2. It says, surely I'm too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. He's like, I don't know what to do. I'm too stupid. I can't figure this out. And he says, I have not learned wisdom, so I haven't learned what I'm supposed to know, what I'm supposed to do. I've not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. He's saying, hey, life is crazy. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to turn to. And then he starts asking some questions. In verse 4, he says this who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. See, here we read of a man who lacks wisdom, and he's seeking to know the true God. And the answer to all of his questions that he just asked of who is the one who does all of those things is found in the first part of our verse today, because all those questions are asked, and then we simply read that every word of God proves true. You see, in this book, we discover not only the person of God, but we also discover the purpose of God. And we see the passion of God to seek and save the lost. So we're saying, hey, all those questions you're asking is all about one person, and you can find it in this book. You can find God in his word. So when we read every word of God proves true, that's actually really important. We have to take that seriously. And then what happens is God's nature begins to be revealed to us in the second part of our verse. So we know every word of God proves true. Okay, well, who is this God? Who are we talking about? What what can we learn about him? This is what it says. It says he is a shield to those who take refuge in him. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Here we have just some incredible imagery starting to be painted in our minds. Isn't Every word of God proves true. If you want to know who God is, here's something about him. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. So what is a shield? A lot of us know what a shield is, but here's kind of how it's defined. A shield is a broad piece of metal or another suitable material held by straps or a handle attached on one side used as a protection against blows or missiles. That's a a really overarching, really more military-style type of shield. But it's also this. It's a person or thing providing protection. It's a person or thing providing protection. That's what a shield is. So we take that idea and we say, hey, God is saying he himself is a shield because he provides protection. God protects us when we spend time knowing him through his word. So how do we do that? How do we get this idea of a shield in our lives? Well, we take refuge in him. By taking refuge, we get the shield. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. What is refuge? Refuge is a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. Refuge is the idea of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. Refuge is also this, something providing shelter. Refuge is something that provides us shelter. You see, the word refuge also is where refugees comes from. And refugees are people seeking all of those things. As I was reading for this message, I came across, honestly, a a heart-wrenching statistic. And it said this, that towards the end of 2021 last year, we were reaching a threshold that we hope to have never reached in our world. We were reaching a threshold of 100 million refugees across the world. And then all of a sudden, when 2022 hit, we have a crisis in Ukraine that immediately 26 million people became refugees, and we blew past 100 million refugees in the world. 100 million people are seeking protection are seeking security, are seeking provision, are seeking some sort of shield. It said this in that article, said, 100 million individuals have been forcibly displaced worldwide as a result of persecution, conflict, violence, or even human right violations. We are now witnessing the highest level of displacement on record. You see, most of these people, when, when they become refugees, They have to go somewhere. Life has happened, and they have to go take refuge somewhere. And a lot of times in our world right now, they go and they end up along the borders of different countries. And they end up in these tent cities. These tent cities, and and they look kind of like this. This is, I believe this is from the Haiti earthquake, where thousands and thousands of people were displaced in their homes, and they had to seek refuge somewhere. They end up in these tent cities where they have to make a tent out of something all over the place because they have no shelter. They have no shield. They have nothing to provide them anything because their home is gone. And they build these tent cities all over countries, all over borders, because they have nowhere else to go. But in that tent is where they find refuge. That tent is their protection, is their provision, is their home. You see, when we see these refugees It's that they are seeking protection from where and what they flee from. But unfortunately, the idea of refugees is not a modern world problem. It's been going on for thousands of years. In fact, if we go all the way to the Old Testament in the book of Joshua, we're going to see this was even a problem during biblical times. In Joshua chapter 20, and you'll see this all throughout the Old Testament as you read it and you study it, there's lots of things that happen in the Old Testament that ultimately point us to who Jesus is going to come and save and be an example of. And this is another example of, in Joshua chapter 20, it's, it's the cities of refuge, and we're going to read about this in a minute. But what happens is these people, they've accidentally, not intentionally, they've accidentally killed someone. And people are going to try to find them and persecute them because they've accidentally killed someone. But these people, they need refuge, they need protection of an accident. And we see this in Joshua chapter 20, verses 1 through 2, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Say to the people of Israel, Appoint the cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses. You see, these cities, they're actually, like I said a second ago, foreshadowing what Jesus comes to do. Let me give you a few facts about these cities so we can kind of paint this picture of the importance of refuge. These cities were accessible to all people. They weren't, ex- they weren't exclusive, that only these people could go. It says, just as these cities were spaced all over the country, strategically placed so they have access to them, they were available to every Israelite, and they were also accessible to every person. Everyone had access to them. Another fact about these cities is that they were prominent. Most of these cities were built on top of mountains. Most of the cities of ancient Israel actually built a white limestone, which is important, because when the sun hit these cities, they gleamed. They begin to shine. Even in the night, under the light of the moon, they would be visible. They were easily seen even from many, many, many miles away. These cities were also prepared. There were certain preparations that were made in and around these cities that guarantee the person seeking refuge would find safety once they arrived. The roads to these cities were never clogged. There was no obstruction In fact, the priest had a job to do. The priest would make sure that the roads leading to these cities were always clear of obstruction and debris and always open to the traveler. The gates to these cities were never closed. No matter what time of day or night, the gates of the city of refuge were never shut. The direction was always clear. There were signposts with the Hebrew word miklat written on them, which had been set up to point people to the way of the city of refuge. That word literally means refuge. There was no need for anyone to misunderstand the way to get there. You see, we as believers are told to go and to take refuge in him. That means we go and we live in refuge. And just as these cities are made accessible to all people, the obstruction is clear, the way is clear, the way to go is prominent and evident, so is Jesus. Jesus says, hey, I want you to take refuge in me. I have put everything available to you. It's right there. All you have to do is choose wisely and go take refuge in me. So this idea of refuge is something that we can apply in our lives. And ultimately, we choose wisely when we take refuge in him. so we're probably asking ourselves, what does it look like to take refuge in God? Well, here's the first thing. Taking refuge in him allows us to have a shield of protection. Taking refuge in him allows us to have a shield of protection. Our verse tells us that every word of God proves true, he is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Catherine Keller says this in, in a devotion about this idea of God being our shield. She says the word shield also means to protect, guard, defend, shelter and screen. You see, God protects us from harm's way. He guards us from danger. He defends us against accusations. He shelters us when we are weak, and he screens everything that comes our way. Many of us have had the scary experience of a rock hitting our windshield. Maybe you're going on I-20, you're going down a dirt road. A rock hits your windshield, it's loud, it's scary. The windshield protects us from being hurt. Our homes that we live in, they shelter us from the elements of nature, from rain, from snow, from extreme heat that we're going to get next week, from cold. But there is no shelter, no protector like God himself. Deuteronomy 33, 27, it should be a comfort to us that the eternal God is your refuge, the God, the creator of the universe who loves us so much to send his son to die for us. He is our refuge and underneath him are his everlasting arms we see this word shield that's used in other passages as well. In the book of Psalms, and you see this all throughout scripture, it says this in the book of Psalms chapter 3 verses 1 through 6. It says, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me. My glory, the lifter of my head, I cried aloud to the Lord, and He answered me from His holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of the thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. We have this idea that He wants to be a shield of protection for us. We just have to take refuge in Him. You see it all throughout Scripture, that he is there for us. We just have to take refuge in him. Here's the second thing that taking refuge in him allows. Taking refuge in him allows us to have proactive faith instead of reactive faith. This is a big difference in these two things. If we're willing to take refuge in him, we can have proactive faith instead of reactive faith. Here's what being proactive means. It means acting in anticipation of future problems, needs, or changes. If you're being proactive in life, you are acting in anticipation because you know they're going to happen, right? Life is going to happen. It's a promise. We're going to read it in a minute. It's in Scripture. It's biblical. Life is going to happen. Bad things are going to happen, okay? Being proactive means you are acting in anticipation of future problems, needs, or changes. And we're prepared for it. Being reactive is completely different. If someone is reactive, they behave in response to what happens, rather than deciding in advance how they want to behave. You see, life is going to happen. We're going to be met with trials. We're going to be met with things that we cannot control. It says this in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 16, which are two verses just ingrained in my head from when I was a student. It says, look carefully then how you walk, how you live your daily life, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time. Why? Because the days are evil. I'll be honest with you. That last part is true then and it is true right now. There's a lot of stuff going on in this world and we can say that a lot of evil, a lot of bad things going on when he said, hey, hey, hold on. I want you to make sure you're choosing wisely. Make sure you're not walking as unwise, meaning you know what to do, but you're not doing it. Walk as wise. You know what to do. Make sure you do it. Make sure you make the most of your time here on earth because the days are evil. He said, hey, I just want to prepare you. I want you to know you need to make sure that you're making the wise decision. Why? Because it says this in the book of James. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, if trial, right? You say if right there? No, no, no. It says when when you face trials of various kinds. They're saying it's going to happen in life. We are going to face trials in our lives. But if we're going to choose wisely, we're going to be proactive instead of reactive. Let me give you kind of a visual example of what this looks like. See, reactive faith, we treat God in a certain way. I want you to imagine yourself. You're in your living room at home, and for me, I have a four-year-old son, so this is very fresh in my brain. But you're just sitting there watching TV, and all of a sudden, a kid comes in, or maybe it's the dogs, whatever it is, and you know, a couple toys get brought into the room. Next thing you know, your son's like mine, and he he wants to dress up like a full baseball catcher, so all of his baseball gear is now brought into the living room. Got to let the dogs out. It's raining, so a little bit of mud gets in the room. We have dinner, and, you know, there's a cup, an empty cup left over. And all of a sudden, that room gets really messy. So what do we do? Bedtime, put everybody to bed. We go, we clean everything up, and we go to the closet. We pull out our least favorite thing in the world, our vacuum cleaner. We go, and we just start cleaning up the mess. We clean up the room, right? And then once everything's clean and fine and dandy, we go, and we put this vacuum cleaner back up in the closet. That's a reactive way to live in our life. Let me ask a question. How many times do we treat God the same way? We're just doing our thing. Life is great. Life is grand. All of a sudden, a couple of events happen in life, and life starts to get a little bit messy. But then it gets to a point where we just can't handle it anymore and we have to start just trying to get life cleaned up. So we go and we get God out of his closet and we start reading a few scriptures here and there. We sing a few worship songs and life is getting cleaned up again. All of a sudden, oh man, life, that event is over, I'm good. And we go and we just put him right back where he was until we need him again, right? Right? It's a reactive way to live life. It's a way of reactive faith of, hey, I'm going to go whenever I need you. I know you're there. I'm going to go get you. Clean things up and put you back. I can do it on my own until I can't anymore. But being proactive is completely different. You see, being proactive means we go and we actually live in refuge because we know we have a shield. We go and we live in a tent, per se. And no matter what happens around us in our life, no matter how messy life gets, we are protected because we have a shield around us. It doesn't say things aren't going to happen, but it's saying, hey, when things do happen, you're prepared for them. You're ready to deal with them. You don't have to go find him all of a sudden. He's right here with us. He is a shield for us. That's a proactive life. Now, each and every one of us has a choice to make. In a few minutes, we're gonna we're gonna close in a few minutes, and it's it's gonna be in a little different way, but I want you to think about this. I want all of us to take refuge in him and in his word. I don't know, I don't know what your world looks like. I don't know what your living room looks like per se. I don't know how many toys, I don't know how many dishes, I don't know how many crazy things are happening that's in your mental picture right now. For some people, Your living room of life looks really good. It's clean. You're good to go. There's some other people that, there's some heavy stuff going on in life, right? Cancer has popped up in your family. That word divorce was thrown out at the dinner table for the first time. Kids, we just, we don't know what to do anymore. Work, are we going to shut down? Are we going to stay open? What are we going to? Some living rooms are messy. Gods saying, "Please, just take refuge in me. Allow me to be your shield." Because so many times we look at other things besides him. Here's what Elizabeth Elliot says about this. She asks a very important question. She says, "Where does your security lie? In other words, what are, you, what are you putting your security in? Where are you finding some refuge in your life? Is it other people? Is it food? Alcohol, drugs. Maybe it's just working 90 hours a week to avoid what's going on. Where does your security lie? What are you putting your faith in to get you through these things? And then she goes to ask a very important question Is God your refuge? Your hiding place? Your stronghold? Your shepherd? your counselor, your friend, your redeemer, your savior, your guide? Is God those things? Because if he is, if the answer to that question is yes, you don't need to search any further for security. There's nothing else in the world that can give you the security that God and God alone can give you. So if the answer is yes, God is my refuge. He is my hiding place. He's the one I go to. He is my stronghold. He is my shepherd, my counselor, my friend, my redeemer, my savior. He is my God. If the answer to that is yes, you don't have to look any further than security for security than in him. All the other things in the world that we try to allow us to keep us secure and to keep us safe and take refuge in, they never last. Because there's only one person and one person alone who can give us the right type of security. So in a moment, I want you personally to take refuge in him. Maybe you spend a moment in prayer. Maybe you just listen. Well, what I want to do in a moment, I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture to close out today. Because I want us to hear directly from God of his desire for us to take refuge in him. And as we read these passages of scripture, maybe one stands out to you. I want you to take refuge in that today. Maybe you write it down and you just live under it. Maybe you put it on a sticky note, you put it on your mirror, you put it in your car, you put it in your office, you put it in a closet. That is your place of refuge. Because I don't know what's going on in your life, just like you probably don't know what's going on in my life, but all of us have moments where we have to take refuge in him. So today I want all of us to do that. As we read this scripture, I just want you to pay attention to the words of God in our lives. And I'm actually going to sit under this tent as a way of demonstrating each and every one of us taking refuge in Him and in Him alone, because what happens when we take refuge in Him is we have a shield of protection. No matter what goes on in our life, we have God with us, and we can take refuge and find protection, provision, and shelter in Him. So here's our first passage to take refuge in today. It says this in the book of Psalms, chapter 18, verse 2. And maybe, maybe you're at a point in life where you don't know what to do. Life is unstable. It says this, it says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Maybe that's a passage you need to take refuge in today. The There's a story that describes that verse Perfectly. There was a passenger ship that tragically capsized at sea and a lot of people died. But there was one teenager who was left and he survived. After he was rescued, someone asked him, hey, were you terrified? He goes, yes, absolutely. He says, yes, I was shaking the entire time, but the rock I was holding onto wasn't shaking at all. Maybe in life you realize that you can't control it and you need to cling on to the one thing that can It's God and God alone. He's not going to waver, take refuge in that church. Psalms chapter 46, verses 1 through 11. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. It doesn't say, hey, I'll help you in the future or I've helped you in the past. I'm going to help you again. He says, no, 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 I'm a very present. I'm right here with you, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, because of that, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. I know a lot of times it feels like that, that the earth is giving away. It says, hey, we're not going to fear. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. And then verse 10, one you've probably heard before, but you take refuge in this. It says, be still, just stop. Stop trying to do it on our own. Stop trying to do everything else. Pursue other things. Be still and know that I am God. For I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. No matter what happens in this world, church, guess what? God is still king. He is still reigning on the throne over this world. He is still in control. He has not lost control, even though sometimes... It seems that way. It says the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Maybe you're dealing with a decision in life and you don't know which way to go. You feel like you're at a fork in the road or a four-way stop. You don't know how to go straight, turn around and go backwards, left, right. You don't know what to do. Take refuge in this. Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not just when you need it, not just certain areas. No, no, no. Give him all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That's trying to do life on our own, the unwise decision. But it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Take refuge in that. Allow that to be your leading, guiding passage of scripture. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. This goes back to the song we were talking about earlier of how fear has no hold on us because we belong to Jesus. It says, fear not. Fear not for I am with you. God is with you each and every step of the way. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Somebody needs to hear that. That God is there to hold you in his hand. He's gonna strengthen you. He's gonna give you all of those things. We simply can take refuge in him. Psalm chapter 34, verses four through eight. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Some of us need to wait and realize the Lord is good. Take refuge in that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Allow that to be your protection. Allow that to be your shield, no matter what's going on in your life. Maybe you just have no peace in life right now. Just everything is unstable, and you can't find peace. You can't find that in a moment. John chapter 16, verse 33 says, I have said these things to you that in me, Not in in the world and other things and other people. In me being Jesus, in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I being Jesus have overcome the world. When those things happen all around us, guess what? God's already won. We take refuge in him. We have protection. We have provision. We have shelter. We have a shield. He's saying, hey, things are going to happen around you. Take refuge in me. I've already won. I have overcome the world. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Maybe today that reminder is what you take refuge in, that the Lord your God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you, even when you feel like it. Like, God, where are you? And sometimes we realize he's been right behind us the whole time, and all we need to do is turn around and accept it. So I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what, again, what you're needing refuge from. But we all have a choice to make. We all have a decision to make, and we have the option to choose wisely. See, we can continue to live life on our own and live in a retroactive way, a reactive way of just like, you know what, I got this. And then when life gets crazy, we try to fix it, we try to get God involved, and then we put Him back in the closet. It's going to work for a little while, to be honest. It's going to seem like it works, but at some point, there's going to come a point in our lives where we have to realize it's not what He wants us to do. God wants us to take refuge in Him each and every day, to live in refuge under His protective arms, in His shield by knowing his word, spending time with him. And maybe some people in here, you've never taken a step toward putting your faith and your trust in Jesus. Maybe today you take refuge in him in that way. You say, you know what? I realize I can't do this on my own. I need to take refuge in Jesus. For others, maybe you've put your faith in him already. And today is just a reminder. You know what? I need to spend time with him. I need to take refuge in his words because his words give me safety. His words give me security. His words give me provision. His words give me protection. His words are a shield. No matter what goes on in our lives, we can choose wisely if we take refuge in him. But ultimately, the choice is ours. That each and every day we can wake up and choose. How are we going to live our life today? One of our own? Or are we going to take refuge in the one who can give us protection? Let's pray. God, in this moment, as we've heard your word has just been read over us, God, I pray that we would take refuge in it. That God, the words of your Bible are true. That God, we would believe that, that every word of God is true and you are a shield to those who take refuge in him. God, please give us the courage to do that. And God, if there's someone in this room watching online, listening, hearing today and realizing, you know what? I've never taken refuge in God before. I've, I've just tried to do life on my own. God, give them the strength and courage to do that today. Allow them to know that you're right there to hold them, to give them protection, provision, security, to be their shield in life. God, for those of us who have put our faith and our trust in you, God, allow us each and every day to take refuge in you. Remind us, hey, I'm right here. Just take refuge in me. There's no reason to try to do this on your own. I am where your security can lie. I am your protector. I'm your provider. I'm your stronghold. I'm your fortress. I'm your shield. God, remind us of that each and every day. So that ultimately we may choose wisely and take refuge in you, the God and creator of the universe who sent his son to die for us so that we could have a clear and easy path to you. It's his name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps@journeycommunity.net. At